Loving God, we thank you that you have brought us to this place to sing your praise and to hear your word. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us so that in the hearing and in the sharing of your word, we may respond to your call. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, tomorrow, as I mentioned earlier, my wife Grace and I and my family, some of the members of our families, we will be flying out to Malawi for a family wedding. A few years back, I was in Malawi, and when I was there, I went alone that time, and I was invited to church. It was a 10.30 start in that service, and I turned up at 10.20, 20 past 10. I was introduced to... Um, an elderly welcome steward who was at the gate, but he noticed that I was looking at my watch too frequently. So he came over to me and said, um, I know you've been introduced that you are from the UK, and I notice you're watching your watch too frequently. You are now in Africa. I'll advise you to put the watch away. <laughs> and you know what that means. The service started, and I was in church for four hours of my holiday. But it was good, praising God and worshiping God. But this morning as I preach the word of God, I'm not going to ask you to put your watches away because the sermon is not going to be four hours. It's going to be way, way shorter than that. As we all see and we all notice around, changes are happening all around us. This morning, for some of us who noticed it, the, ch the time changed. It rolled backwards. Digital clocks, they all rolled backwards, giving us all an extra hour in bed to pull up the duvet, to wrap up. And with the rain that was coming, for those of us who struggled to get out of bed, that's not a very good combination, you know, to get up and to come to church. But also those of us who listened to the news, on Tuesday, we saw that power, political power in the UK changed hands again, which means we're now onto our third prime minister in three months. We also noticed that the beautiful flowers, the green leaves we saw in the springtime and in the wintertime, they are now turning yellow, orange, red, and brown, and eventually we see them falling off the trees. Leaders change. Time changes. The seasons come and go. But God and his word remain our true constant in all the changing sins of life. In his hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, Thomas Obadiah Chisholm said these words, Thou changest not, thy compassion they fail not, as thou art been, thou forever wilt be. God is the same yesterday, God is the same today, and God will be the same for... Oh, that's too dull. God will be the same forever. So when we surrender and anchor and brace ourselves to and our government to a stable and a strong and faithful God through prayer, you know what? The storms will rage. Challenges will come. But we will enjoy stability, success, and national prosperity because God is the rock of all ages. God is our true constant who was there in the beginning, who is here with us right now in this current cost of living crisis, and who will be with us even unto the ends of the earth. 
Today is Bible Sunday. My colleague Tony did not introduce that at the beginning of the service. For the Methodist Church, today we celebrate the Bible. Bible Sunday is a time when we look at the importance of the Bible, but also consider the impact of the Bible in our lives and in the lives of so many other people. Our Old Testament passage read for us beautifully draws our attention to the significant change in the political and spiritual life of the people of Israel. On their way to their promised land, promised by God, their leader Moses, who led them out of the bondage in Egypt, across the Red Sea, through the wilderness, died as they were preparing to enter the promised land, leaving a huge political and spiritual void to fill. It was time to search. Search for a new leader to take over from Moses. What a big shoes to fill. I could imagine when it was that time for Reverend Tony Miles to take over from Martin Atkins. Would have been a big shoe to fill. And that was the same situation where the children of Israel found themselves. And in that situation, uncertainty, instability, anxiety, worry, and fear would have destabilized that community. Who would take over? Who would take this mantle going forward? Joshua was the favorite and the front runner in the race for the leadership. But Joshua would have seen. He would have seen the tough time Moses had with the people. How they complained, how they grumbled, how they murmured, how they provoked him. To a point where he lost his temper and missed out on the promised land. Because he disobeyed God. And that is in Numbers chapter 20. If you read that Numbers chapter 20 from verse 10 to verse 13. God said to Moses, speak to the rock. And the rock will bring forth water for the people to drink. But he was so frustrated by the pressure and the difficulty he had with his people. That he lost his temper. Instead of speaking to the rock, he struck the rock twice. And water came out. But for that reason, God said, you will not enter the promised land. The crowd gave him tough times. You could imagine the sadness. You could imagine the fear, the anxiety, the worry in the mind of young Joshua. It was in this unsettled, uncertain, unstable time in their community that God spoke these comforting words to Joshua. He said to him in Joshua chapter 1, Moses, my servant, is dead. But as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be strong and be courageous. As Jared and the choir as well helped us to sing that this morning as well, emphasizing God calling Joshua to be strong. In that particular text, God assures Joshua, the new leader, and the people of his abiding presence. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you and the community. God is the source of all blessings, the reservoir of goodness and mercy, the food bank that will never run empty. All Joshua would ever need, God's hand had already provided. All Joshua needed. God's hand had already provided. So God said to him, all you've got to do is to be strong and to be courageous. I've got your back, as the Americans say. I've got your back. It is easy, isn't it? Too often, we fall into that temptation to think that we have come this far by our own strength and by our own might. 
Too often we even take the glory that should go to God, thinking that we're doing all this good work solely by our own might, by our own strength. But here we see that God made it very, very clear to Joshua to say, listen, Joshua, Moses did all Moses did. It was because I was with him. And because I was with Moses, I will be with you. He was able to do all he did because I was with him, not by his might and by his strength. When other helpers fail and comfort flees, the psalmist says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. This morning, I ask you the question, what burdens are you carrying that is too heavy for you? Be assured this morning of God's divine presence. As he was with Moses, so he will be with you. I have titled this sermon today, God Knows, because God knows things are hard. Let us don't think that, oh, God is up there. God don't think, I don't think God knows what is going on, but God knows things are hard. But his word to us today is to be strong and to be courageous. God knows that some of us are struggling under the heavy weight of the high cost of living. He knows your biggest fear. He knows your greatest need. God knows your deepest regrets. God knows your disappointment. Perhaps things have not worked out the way you expected them in your relationship, in your job, in your health, in your family life, in your business. In this destabilized social, socio-political, economic, and economic situation, we find ourselves. Let us hear these words from the Lord. I am with you as I was with Moses, and I will help you. So therefore, let us be strong and be courageous. Let us lean on him. Let us trust in him. Don't give up in the storms of life and the battles of life. As I was with Moses, God says he will be with you. God says we are to be strong and to be courageous. But look at what God also introduced to them. In verse 6 and verse 7 of Joshua chapter 1, God let Joshua into a secret. And if I am you, I'll pay attention to this secret this morning because it applies to us as well as we celebrate Bible Sunday this morning. None of us woke up this morning and asked or prayed to God for an unsuccessful day. Surely I didn't. I don't know about you, but we all wake up in the morning and pray to God that God will give us a successful day, a successful life, that our children will be blessed, our families will be blessed, our country will be blessed. We pray for a successful day and a successful life. And if God's people are to enjoy successful days, prosper and flourish in all aspects of their lives, hear that little secret. God said to Joshua, be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the left or to the right, so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. And then you will be prosperous and you will be successful. Friends, this scripture is a clarion call. A call for us to observe every day and every Sunday as Bible Sunday to get to know God through the pages of the Bible. 
The Bible is God's word. The psalmist in Psalm 119 describes it as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Without the word of God, we will stumble in the dark and we will fall. Without his word, we will lose our way as Christians. The Bible is a light unto our path in this challenging and in this changing world. As a sailor needs a compass to, for guidance in the sea. As a pilot needs a magnetic compass in the air. And a baker needs a recipe to bake a perfect cake. So the Christian needs the word of God for guidance. I remember when my children were very young and at home. Saturdays were usually the baking day. I will be upstairs in my studies and I will hear the, the pots and the pans and all the baking things crashing in the kitchen. And I will be hearing them shouting, trying to follow the recipe. No, it says two pounds of that. No, it says one liter of that. They will all be arguing, trying to bake this perfect cake. And all over the house, there will be this aroma, the smell of a nice cake being baked. And I will sit there thinking of the energy bills in one way, thinking, oh dear, the oven is on again. <laughs> and then I'll be waiting for at least a slice of cake. And I'll wait and wait, and there will be no cake. What happened? The cake ended up in the bin because it hasn't come out right. And that didn't happen once few times. They try to follow the recipe, but too many cooks, they say, spoil the, too many cooks spoil the, there were too many in the kitchen. This one interpret one house to be this amount, the other one interpreted to be that. And because of that, they keep missing the recipe and the cakes always end up in the bin. But there are a few times when they got it right. And I could see the celebration. I could see the joy in their heart. We've done it. We've got it. We've managed to follow the recipe. And we have got a beautiful cake. The word of God. When we be careful to follow it. As these girls were trying to follow the recipe to bake a cake. When we be careful to follow the word of God. We become Christ-like. We become beautiful and Beautiful people in love, in generosity, in forgiveness, in compassion. When we are careful to follow the word as these girls try their best to follow the recipe to bake a good cake. The word of God is not just a guide for us as Christians. It is also a mirror. A mirror for us to go to, to look at so that the word of God will look as well as well. And then we'll see the spots on our faces, the spots in our lives. And then we make changes. As the apostle tells us, Apostle James in James chapter 1 verse 23 to verse 25. The Bible shows us where we need to make adjustments in our lives. It is also like the mirror. You remember when Satan went to the wilderness to tempt Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, it tells us that the word of God is powerful. The Bible is a living and active word. According to Hebrews 4.12, it is sharper than any double-edged sword. When the devil came to the wilderness where Jesus was fasting, he said to Jesus, you are hungry. You've been fasting. Turn these stones to bread and eat something. What did Jesus do? Jesus did not chase the devil with a stone or a stick or use offensive words against the devil. Jesus said, it is written. 
Jesus himself spoke the word. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that flows out of the mouth of God. And Jesus quoted that scriptures from Jeremiah, no, from Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. Where Moses said to the people that, look, you see this manna that you are enjoying, you don't know where it comes from. Your ancestors don't know where it comes from, but it comes from God because man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you look at it, it's there. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3, that's where Jesus took that scripture and Jesus chased the devil with the word. Friends, I'm saying to you this morning that if the devil came to Jesus... If the tempter came to Jesus, he will come to us. But let us remember to speak the word, to say it is written. Let us remember to speak God's word. Let us develop that routine to declare the promises of God concerning our lives daily and see how God will honor his words and bring changes to our lives. Zacchaeus was a little man. We read about him this morning in the New Testament. In Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to verse 10, he heard that Jesus was passing through his city, Jericho. Despite his challenges that were so many, that we all are facing so many challenges, despite his many challenges, he made every effort to see Jesus, who is not the written word, but the living word. The crowd was hostile to him because he was friends with the Romans who were their foreign occupiers. The crowd was hostile to him because he was a tax collector. Nobody liked people who take money from them. But he pressed on. He was vertically challenged, like some of us. Somebody was asking me, why do you always wear the boots? I say, you know why? Because I am vertically challenged. I would have had no chance to see over the crowds. Zacchaeus realized that he had no chance to see over the crowds. But he pressed on. He went the extra mile to be able to see Jesus, the living word. You and I, if we are to be able to have the word of God around us and to, to, to allow the word to make changes in our lives, we have got to go the extra mile to set time aside, to set places aside where we will get away from the busyness around us and find a time where we can sit and open the word of God and allow the word of God to come into our hearts to make those changes in our lives. What did Zacchaeus did? He ran ahead of the crowds. He didn't just run, he climbed up on a sycamore tree. And he also waited and waited patiently for Jesus, the living word. And when Jesus saw him, Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, come down. Perhaps Jesus is saying to you this morning, come down. Come down from where you have been taking refuge from all the people that are causing you so much trouble. Come down from where you've been taking respite from all the challenges and the difficulties, uh, where you've buried your head in the sand, just thinking, God, I can just stay here and just see what's going on. Uh, I don't really want to get involved in the action. I just want to be here because up here, I'm taking respite from the crowds. Uh, I'm taking respite from all these difficult things that are going on around me. It is a place that you and I usually find ourselves. Even myself, I do have my own sycamore tree that now and again I run to and I claim. And I assure you, you do have yours as well. But Jesus is saying this morning, as he said to, Josh, uh, to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down. 
I wish you could tell yourself this this morning and say, I'm coming down. Not because everything is right. Not because all the pressures are gone. Not because everything is fine again. But because Jesus says so. Can somebody say amen to that? I'm only coming down because Jesus says so. I'm only going to be calm and relax and hope and trust and wait in him because Jesus has asked me to come down. And you know what? The encounter with Zacchaeus and Jesus, from that encounter, what did we see? We see evidence, evidence of transformation in his life when he obeyed the word from the living Christ saying, come down. Zacchaeus was a despised man, but he was able to get the attention of Jesus because his desire was to see Jesus, the living word. And so finally, as I finish, I want to say to you, when Jesus encountered him, or he encountered Jesus, his life was transformed from a greedy, dishonest tax collector to a repented, generous man, ready to make restitution. We see evidence of renewal and redemption in his life. Jesus declared Zacchaeus as a child of Abraham. We also see how Jesus made an impact in his his life. Jesus, the living word. Friends, this is why we celebrate Bible Sunday today. Because of the impact the living and the written word has made in our lives. Therefore, let us speak the word of God every day. Let us pick it up. Let us open it. Let us read it. Let us explore it. Let us pursue it. Apply it. Be careful to obey it. Keep it always on our lips. Meditate on it day and night. And trust the God who knows all things. The God who is crowned with many, many crowns. To grant you and I success all the days of our lives. To that, let the church of God say, Amen.